Kids, when I was growing up, we sang this song in, in children's church. Maybe you'll remember. The devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd throw him in the box. I'd lock the door and throw away the key for all those tricks he's played on me. Some of you remember that one? Then it would go on to say, I'm glad I've been converted. I'm glad I've been converted. I'm glad I've been converted. I'm trusting in the Lord. Oh, man. Stick to preaching, huh? (laughs) One of the tricks the enemy plays is to diminish or destroy our confidence both in God and in ourselves. One of his tricks is to destroy or diminish that confidence. I want to speak to you this morning on this is my confidence. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Psalm 71. Psalm 71 says, In you, Lord, I've taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me, deliver me, turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge. To which I can always go. Aren't you glad for the rock of refuge to which you can always go? Give the command to save me. For you are my rock. You are my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked. From the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord. My confidence from my youth. Your version may say my trust from my youth or my hope from my youth. But this version, NIV says my confidence from my youth. Let my mouth, I'm skipping a couple of verses down to eight. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and let, and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. So whether it's from our youth or even down to old age, God wants to build our confidence this morning. Confidence. What is confidence? The definition is a feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It comes from the same root word as confidential. If I'm going to share something confidential with you, that would be firm trust. I would, I would fully trust you with that information. The state of feeling certain about the truth of something. Also, a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities. Confidence. Got to thinking about my own life and times when I needed confidence. Some of you may remember the story of me telling, working with my brother-in-law. I got to see him yesterday. He's now in worldwide publishing ministry. But when he was pastoring in Sulphur, Louisiana... I was a teenager, and he would ask me to come help him. He had a little print shop behind their church, and he was—he was—he had a film room. He had plates he would make, and and uh, every once in a while he'd ask me to do a new aspect of the job, and I would—I would reject. I said, "I don't know how to do that. I can't do that." He says, "We don't say that around here." And he would threaten to send me to the house to listen to a cassette tape at that time. Kids, you don't know what that is, but it's a, it's a little thing that uh, uh, plays back, right? <laughs> a recording. So it was a cassette tape of Zig Ziglar, see you at the top. 
I remember a couple of times walking across that yard, going to the house, listening to Zig Ziglar, see you at the top, motivated that I could do it, and I'd go back and I would do the project, and I would build confidence. When I was in outside sales, moved to Beaumont, we lived in Orange, I was selling out of Beaumont, Texas, and one of the products that we had was Quincy Rotary Screw Air Compressors. It was one of the more complicated products we sold. It was a good product. And when I would try to sell one of those, I, was, I would have my boss meet me and, and go on that sales call with me. One day I had an opportunity to sell one in Orange, Texas. I went to Beaumont, picked up a unit. We had one in stock, I don't know, 15, 20 horsepower rotary screw air compressor would fit in the back of my pickup. He was supposed to meet me there, but about 10 minutes before the sales call, he called and said, I'm not going to be able to make it. You go ahead and do it. Now what do I do? Took my brochures. I went in and made my presentation. I said, I actually have a unit out in the truck. Would you step outside? And that was, that was set yourself apart a little bit from the competition because most people didn't go through that extra effort to do it. He came out. He put his hands on it. He looked at it. We went back into his office, and he said, here's your P.O. Here's your purchase order. I was blown away. I mean, this was eight, twelve thousand dollars 12000 Normally you had to negotiate. Normally you had to compare products and get back with them and, and – Man, my confidence just went, I can do this. Yeah. Woo. What would happen? What would it look like if all of us could be confident in who God is and what he has promised? What would that look like? I think this morning, friends, it's birthed out of relationship. What is your level of confidence when you know someone really well. Some of you know me fairly well. If I was going to say meet me at 12 o'clock today. I'll meet you at 12 o'clock. You would have some level of confidence that, that I would be there. If our district superintendent was planning to meet you at 12 o'clock. He would show up at 1130. I, don't, I want to be more like that. That's a great character trait to have. Just be 30 minutes early anywhere you go. Knowing me, I probably'd call you 50-50 chance at 11:55 and say, "Give me a few more minutes. I'll be there shortly." But I would have a relationship that I would I would keep it. How well you know someone? If the more time you spend with someone, it will deepen your trust. It will deepen your confidence in their abilities. I want to give you a caution, though. Don't. Don't place all your confidence in me. Don't place all your confidence in other people. You stick around me long enough, I'll disappoint you in some way or fashion. I'm human. I mess up. I've disappointed my wife and kids before. It's, we're, the, even with a high level of trust, we, we can't misplace our confidence. There's one place we need to be placing our confidence. Where else in God's word does he speak to this issue? I'm going to give you two Bible stories this morning. One is found in Numbers chapter 13. It's a story of Caleb and Joshua and the ten spies, the total of twelve spies that went in to, to view the land of Canaan. God had said, I'm giving you this land. So they go to do the investigative report. It's just before you could send... Fox News and CNN reporters in. I mean, there was one from each tribe dispatched to go survey the land. 
Verse 26, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They, they had big, they had such huge grapes, they had to carry them between two men. They told them and said, we went to the land where you sent it. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Oh my goodness, there's, there's all kind of people in there. Big! Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, who's confident in this story? Our brother Caleb is full of confidence in what God has said and what God has promised. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than us. They gave the children of Israel a bad report. Some versions say it gave them an evil report. Which they had spied out. The land which we've gone to spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And the people we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of it. They came from, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Caleb says... Let's go get them. We can do it. <laughs> As I thought about this story, my, my admiration for Caleb just went way up. And we, we're going to talk about this story again in a few weeks. Next week we'll start a, a series called The Map. We're going to start in Egypt and we're going to make our way through with the children of Israel all through the wilderness and end up in the promised land. End, end up in Jordan over seven, eight weeks. So we'll come back to this story. But, but I, I, just the, the thought of Caleb Think about this now. He he gives the report of confidence. We can do this. We can take these people. But the people didn't listen to him. He gets outvoted by the rest of the spies. And Caleb has to suffer the consequences with the rest of them. They stay out in the wilderness now. They have a total of 40 years before they get to go to the promised land. And I thought, wow, Caleb, in Scripture tells us that he wholly followed the Lord. But, but even though he could see what could be, even though he was telling them, he silenced the crowd. They heard what he said, but they rejected it. I thought, Lord, give me that kind of courage. Even, even if people don't listen to what I say, just to speak the truth and to have my confidence in you and let the, let the results lay where they may. But give us some more Caleb's full of confidence. See, the people said, look, it's a land filled with milk and honey. Yes, it's a wonderful land. Nevertheless, the people there are strong. Well, whose eyes were they? Were their eyes on? There wasn't on God who could deliver them. It wasn't on the God who could destroy all the Jebusites and Amorites and Hittites. No, they had their eyes on the people. 
There's another story in the Bible. It's, it's found in Daniel. It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are, they are called to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar, to the statue that he's erected. And this is what they reply to him. Say, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But watch this. But even if he does not, even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image that you have set up. Their confidence was in God. They started out, look, oh God, you are able to deliver us. Nevertheless, if you don't, we're still going to trust you. I say, God, give us the courage, give us the confidence of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you are able to deliver us from whatever fiery furnace that the enemy may put before us. Do you believe God is able this morning? How's your confidence? Who is your confidence in? Are you looking at the people? Are you looking at the inhabitants of the land saying they're too big, these obstacles are too strong? Are you looking at God who is able to deliver you? There's two ways you nevertheless can go. Nevertheless, God. Or nevertheless, the people. It's up to you and I who we place our confidence in. This is my confidence. There's a song we sing. This is my confidence. He never has failed me yet. And guess what? He's not going to. What are some reasons people lose confidence? Sometimes people lack confidence because they don't know it's important. Some people lose confidence because they experience some type of failure in a relationship, in work or life. And people, it makes them lose confidence. Sometimes a weak or inferiority complex, maybe that's come from self or from parents or a school teacher. Or maybe somebody has beat you down and said things that are untrue. Sometimes we suffer from that and, and, and we have this lack of confidence. Sometimes it's, it's attacks from the enemy. It's unfulfilled dreams or even nightmares. And, and these things can cause us to lose confidence. Listen to me carefully. There's a tendency of losing confidence when you experience delay, such as unanswered prayers. Not getting what you want from God's word as you think you should, or you're getting contrary to what the promises said. You with me? God's schedule is not always our schedule. His timing is not always our timing. And so sometimes we can lose confidence when God hadn't come through when we think He should have come through. When there's a delay, when there's unanswered prayers, it causes us to lose confidence. There was a lady, I read her story, Kristen, she was a young lady. She said, I sat on the edge of my bed and wept. To this day, I recall so clearly the desperation I felt at that moment. The moment I realized everything I had vested my life in was slipping away like quicksand from my grip. It was slipping without my permission. If not for the sovereign Lord, the darkness would have consumed me. 
I was living in New York City at the time, testing the waters of show business, working three unsatisfying jobs to barely pay the bills. My family and friends lived 13 hours away. The marriage I thought I was going to enter after a year of dating turned out to be a heart-wrenching breakup. Just when I thought circumstances to get, couldn't get any worse, I had excruciating pain. She had a, a knee injury, a leg injury that she, she was in a, a city where she had to walk everywhere. So on top of everything else going crazy and wire in her life, she has this excruciating physical pain. Lord, where are you? The tears rolled down my cheeks. The God of all creation, full of goodness, faithfulness, and sovereignty, seemed so far away. Yet there was one thing I knew for certain. God was still with me. No, I couldn't see Him. No, I couldn't sense Him. But I held on to the hope that knowing Christ had instilled in me, that I could go nowhere from His presence, His care, or His abundant grace, even when I felt utterly desperate, weak, and broken. She goes on to say, somehow in the most ironic way, despite everything falling apart, my confidence in God deepened. When the circumstances were crazy, when she tears rolling down her face, she says it was ironic. But here in the midst of that moment, my confidence in God deepened. How is that possible? Well, friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, it, it, it doesn't seem possible. You have to have this relationship with God. It is possible. Indeed, it's more than possible to have everything fall into pieces around you and yet still rest in the security and the strength of God. I ask you again this morning, where is your confidence? The key to building confidence cannot be sought and found in earthly solutions or remedies or even religion. No. It's in relationship with Jesus Christ, recognizing our weaknesses, trusting in the Lord's sufficiency, and finding our hope in Him. This morning I want to give you just four keys that I believe the Lord would minister to us. Four keys to building our confidence. Key number one, realize your desperate need for the Lord. If you think you got it all together, then, then be ready for your confidence to be shaken recognize, realize your desperate need, my desperate need for the Lord. I had a pastor friend that's been on sabbatical, and he said the Lord really didn't give me any new revelation. He just reminded me how much I really need him. (laughs) I need you more now than ever before. Our desperate need for the Lord. Psalm 62 is a beautiful prayer sung by King David. He's a weak, sinful man in need of God's strength. He says, those of lowest state are but a breath. Those of highest state are a delusion. The first key to finding God's confidence is realizing that we cannot find it within ourselves. We're but a breath. The world sends the opposite message. They say, be all you can be. And I want you to be all you can be in Christ. But if you leave the Christ part out, it'll fall to pieces. Note the confidence that comes from the psalmist. Truly my soul finds rest in Lord. My salvation comes from Him. He truly is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will never be shaken. 
How long will you assault me? How uh, uh, would all of you throw me down? Surely they intend to topple me from this lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouth they bless, but in their hearts they curse. You know anybody like that? Yet my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly He is my rock, my salvation. He's my fortress. He says it again. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. (laughs) He's my mighty rock. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. The psalmist here is, is saying, my confidence is in God. He's the source of my strength. He's the source of my significance. Twice he says, my soul finds rest in God. He's praised as the rock three times, the fortress twice, the refuge twice, salvation three times. Evil cannot conquer the one who's protected and rescued by Almighty God. He's staking his honor and his hope on the future, on the dependability and the power, the dependability of God, not himself. Twice he says, I will not be shaken. I think some of us need to pour out our hearts before God. And remember, come what may, I will not be shaken. Recognize your desperate need for God. Number two, key number two, trust in the Lord at all times. If you want some scripture verses to go with that, write down Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Don't trust Him. We sing, the Holy Spirit guided your call to worship. Psalm 20, verse 7. I had it in my notes. Psalm 20, verse Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're not going to trust in military might. We're not going to trust in the things of this world. We're not going to trust in a bank account. We're going to trust in the Lord our God. You think you got it all together. I've seen people, they, it's all taking, and then just one moment of sickness, and they're calling out in desperation to God. I can't live a day without Him. My hope is built on nothing less. We sang that. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, the... Miss Janice had a birthday this week. She's one of the sweetest frames in the world, isn't she? 84 strong, right? But even just yes. I don't trust in men. I don't trust. I dare not trust the sweet, but holy trust in Jesus' name. Where's your confidence this morning? Where's your hope? The key to trust is relationship, relationship, relationship. You say, Pastor, how do you do that? How do you build a relationship? I'm glad you asked. Spending time. Spending time with God. Spending time with God in prayer. Spending time with God in His Word. We spend a lot of time. I, I post something on Facebook about birthdays or something. And just like, Poo! it was 9 o'clock at night. And a lot of people were awake reading my Facebook post. <laughs> That's okay. That's great. But I was like, I honestly, I, I, I ask, I wonder how many people spent time with Jesus today. How do we build that relationship? 
We spend time with him in his word, in prayer. I'm not preaching against Facebook. You know that's right, huh? Why does a kid trust a parent? We don't let our kids run out into the street, right? It's not good for them to run out into the street. So the kids in this sanctuary, they, they are most comfortable with the parents because they spend a lot of time with them and they trust them. And they parents know what is best for a child not to allow them to run in the street. Sometimes God knows he's just trying to keep us from running out in the street. And we need to be like those little kids fully trusting in Father that he knows best. Keep me from seeing something I, I may not recognize. I love this. Even down to old age it says... Whether it's confidence from our youth or even down to, I remember Carmen's grandmother Mimi saying, there's never a moment I thought you'd get to this plateau, you'd get to a moment where you didn't, you just had it all together. But she said, every phase of my life I come to, I recognize I need Him. It's different battles, but I still need Him. E. Stanley Jones, distinguished missionary evangelist and author, he was a prolific author, but he, he had a debilitating stroke in his last year. And his last book, he basically dictated it to his son and daughter-in-law. And this is what he wrote in The Divine Yes, his last book. They say in Switzerland that the Swiss climbers have a rope, the strands of which at the center are the strongest and the most capable of holding up a man, even if all the edges of the rope have worn off. The innermost strands are the strongest. I have found that to be true in Christian experience. Many strands of my life have been broken off by this stroke. I can no longer preach. I cannot write as my eyesight is so poor I cannot see my own writing. I can only dictate into this tape recorder. The things that were once dear to me for the time being are broken. The innermost strands belong to the kingdom and the person of Jesus. My experience of him holds me as much as the total rope. For the innermost strands are the strongest. I need no outer props to hold up my faith. For my faith holds me. I don't possess my faith. My faith possesses me. Man, that's huge confidence in God, right? That's huge confidence. Even in the circumstances of his life, he could no longer do what he wants. He says, even down to old age, down in the core of my being, the strongest rope still stands. My confidence is in God. My faith possesses me. Key number three. I didn't know how to say this any better than just stick with him. You see, the enemy is comfortable when he uses this trick of destroying your confidence. He's comfortable with doing it incrementally. He's comfortable doing it just a little bit at a time. Chipping away at it. Some of you sound like you know what I'm talking about. I see this in culture. The enemy is comfortable being patient just a little bit at a time. Just a little bit of, just get in the door here a little bit. Just... Even the Iranian nuclear deal, 15 years, that's an eternity. We'll wait it out. That's just like, just, give, just incremental. 
So how do we combat that? Be faithful with an incremental faith. <laughs> line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm going to call it faith upon faith. If he's incrementally trying to chip away at it, then you may not get the whole faith basket one day, but every day get a little closer to God. Spend a little bit more time with him. Build your confidence in him. I've told you this before in sales. Knowledge instills confidence and confidence instills enthusiasm and enthusiasm is what sells. It's because I knew my product back when I sold that. I had confidence in, in, in what I was selling. That, that enthusiasm no doubt got out that day and helped push me across the finish line. And the more I get to know Jesus, the more I spend time with Him in His Word. The more, and look, it helps me just to go, and when I go do a little exercise, put on the Word, and just let the Word get into me. Memorize Scripture. <laughs> Stick with Him. Even when the enemy tries to chip away incrementally, stick with Him. Build your faith incrementally. Number Key number four. Remember who and whose you are. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. <laughs> we just did a series on identity in Christ. At Genesis one twenty seven. We are created in the image of God. He wants a relationship with you. He, you are designed in your original design. You are designed for fellowship and relationship with Almighty God. Sin separates, but Jesus Christ on the cross has restored everything. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. He is victorious. He came out of the grave to have a relationship. And He'll take us into Canaan land to the full and abundant life of full relationship with Jesus Christ. That's who your inheritance is. That's who your identity is. If you've not reached that yet, then God help us to give our lives completely to Him. And in Romans eight sixteen it says, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons, sons and daughters of God. And if sons, then heirs. And guess what? If heirs, then joint heirs with Jesus. Now, if that doesn't give you shouting ground, if that doesn't change your perspective of coming to church, I don't know, your wood's wet. Join heirs with Jesus. How much better can it get than that? You sometimes have to remind the self and the enemy whose you are and who you are. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And what does the Lord want us to do in response to this this morning? What does God want you to remember? I think I could have added a key, a key five there is, is remember the victories He's bought us, brought you through. That will build your confidence as well. Aren't you thankful for everything He's brought you through? Is there something he wants you to change? Is there something? It was very clear to me this week that this is the word the Lord wanted for today for us to build our confidence. Somebody, maybe you say you feel your confidence, either who you are in Christ or your confidence in God. Maybe it's because of the delay. The last or the next verse of that little song was, If that devil's hounding you, 
I tell you what you better do. Read your Bible and pray every day. And make that devil go away. Pretty good, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's biblical. Cute little song. But if he's hounding you, get into your word. I'm going to leave you with one last verse. 1 John 5.14. It's a confidence verse. Now this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything, anything we want. Is that what it says? No, it says anything according to His will. What's His will? Is it His will that you be saved? Absolutely. It's his way. Is it his your will that that your marriages thrive and and you walk in holiness and righteousness and purity? Absolute. Is it is his will that our young people be filled with the spirit of God this week and be effective in his service? Absolutely. This is the confidence. If we ask anything in his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that are asked of him. Hallelujah. God, help us to have this covenant. And and you don't know what his will is if you don't ever spend time with him. <laughs> There's times he says, son, that's not right. And I have to get come back into alignment with his will. So as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to this word. What's the Lord saying to you this morning? Holy Spirit, just speak to our hearts right now. I want to give you an opportunity. Just stand with me this morning before we come for communion. If if you'd like to just step out and say, uh, this is a message for me today. I need, I'm struggling in the area of confidence. I need God to do a new thing in my trust and my confidence in Him. I'd love to pray over you. Maybe this message was just for me this week. But if, if the Lord is speaking to you and, and you want to just, just go on record of, God, I want my confidence to be strengthened this morning. I'd love to pray over you. Anybody this morning just want to boldly step out and say, this is, this is me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's just open our hearts up before Him. God is here. God is so good. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you. But you have never failed me. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Never give up. Never give up. Thank you, Jesus. For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my God. Thank you.
This is the confidence that we have in you this morning, God. Oh, God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word that changes us, that transforms us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that speaks directly to our heart. God, that just goes to our innermost being, God. And I'm trusting you right now as, as, as many of us have said, Lord, we're all in. We're all yours. And we will not be shaken. You are our rock. You are our refuge. God, even, even though we don't see the answers, even though we don't see all the, all the things that we think should be happening, we are going to trust you. We're going to trust you because of who you are. You are God. You are almighty God. You are sovereign, Lord. You are faithful. God, you're faithful to the every generation, oh God. You are full of mercy and grace, God. And so, Lord, I'm trusting you this morning. You're strengthening our confidence. You're building our faith this morning. Lord, we rebuke the enemy. We resist the enemy this morning. He's a liar. He's a loser. And we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every lie that he tries to whisper in our ears. Those lies of you're worthless. You'll never amount to anything. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, God. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We are created in the image of God. We are valuable. Lord, you have plans and purposes. You want us to be vessels of honor. So fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, you're working in our families. You're working in our families, God. Lord, there's more happening than what we recognize. God, I give you praise that there's more happening in our families than what we we can see right now. Make every home here a sanctuary of the presence of God. Lord, make every home here a sanctuary of the presence of God. We give you glory today. We give you praise. Thank you for building our confidence. Thank you for strengthening us today. What a privilege it is to come now to your table. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. You tell us as often as we do this to remember that it's that you're coming again, God. So we do this in obedience to your word. We thank you for the sacrifice for our sins. Thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming to where we are and dwelling among us, oh God. That we might know God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that is sufficient. Nothing else needed, God. Thank you for the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus to cover every sin. And to make it possible for us to live in right relationship with you. Bless these elements, O oh God. Bless your people as we come joyfully to your table this morning. This is his table. This is his feast. It is for his people, for his children. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite Brother Marvin and Brad to assist me this morning. Sure, sure. Before we have communion, I just wanted to share real quick. Um, this message this morning quite literally just happened to me this morning. Um, those who were here last week remember uh, that I prayed and I felt like I learned a lesson about prayer and I was so excited that God was speaking to me and helping me grow and then this week got busy and I didn't pray as much as I felt like I should and I got here this morning 
and I hoped that Pastor Dale wouldn't call on me to pray because I felt like a hypocrite and I hadn't prayed this week the way I wanted to. And as soon as those thoughts hit me, God said, that's the enemy. Yep, yep, yep. Hallelujah. And that's not what I have for you. Praise you, Jesus. I want to give you strength. I love you. Hallelujah. Praise so, you, Jesus. During the song, I need you more. I just prayed and I said, I need you more. God, I need you more. And he gave me the confidence. Hallelujah. And I felt so much better. And it should, lo and behold, he (laughs) called on me to pray. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I just gave that prayer to God. I don't even remember what I prayed. Amen. But I know it was what God wanted me to say. Amen. And so. Hallelujah. I just wanted to testify and share that with you this morning. When when the devil comes on you, just rebuke him in the name of the Lord. Amen. And he'll give you strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Brad, for sharing that. Amen. Yeah, give God praise. I'm going to invite you to make two lines this morning. It's this open communion. You don't have to participate, but if you'd like to come to the center aisle, receive the bread and juice, and go back to your seats on the outside aisles. Once everybody's been served, then we'll eat and drink together. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, Lord, we come to this table. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you for this holy, sacred moment. We thank you for your faithfulness. We honor you. We bless you. Take the bread, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for you. Preserve you blameless for everlasting life. Let's eat together. Take the cup, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you. Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you. And be thankful. Let's drink together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together as he taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with your neighbor and go in his peace.